Thanks for tuning in into episode number five. Now, before we get to the topics, if you are watching a YouTube version of the podcast on youtube.com slash respectfully speaking, know this show is also available on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and all other major platforms. My name is James, and I'm here with my two co-hosts today, Jason and Malcolm, and we have a lot of topics to get through from Marvel, Zelda's live action announcement, and even the popular Scream franchise is apparently going through another reboot. So since there's so many topics to cover, if there's a specific topic you'd like to hear first, I'll have the timestamps listed on the YouTube version and the audio version. Now, without further ado, let's get into the first major points, which is about uh, Marvel's Kang Dynasty. Now we know when Marvel first announced their multiverse saga, they announced that Kang was essentially gonna be the big bad. And uh, two Avengers movies for this particular saga is Avengers Secret War, no, Avengers King Dynasty, and then Avengers Secret Wars. Um, and the report came out that the original writer, which was the writer also from Ant-Man Quantumania, was dropped from writing the Avengers King Dynasty. Apparently, the reason why they were dropped was because they, Marvel didn't really like the King storyline that he was really going for. So they dropped him. They also took away the director for King Dynasty. Now, mind you, the director for King Dynasty was the same director for Shang-Chi that Malcolm really loves and Jason really loves. And I kind of sort of thought it was okay. But it's not because they didn't necessarily like him. They just think they want him to put more, the, the director I mean, they wanted the director to put more focus on the other Marvel projects that he has coming out, which is Marvel's Wonder Man, which is coming out on Disney Plus series that's starred by, um, if you guys care, uh, Aquaman 1's villain, Black Manta, that actor is also going to be starring as Wonder Man for the Disney Plus series. So that's what uh, this director is going to handle his focus on for the time being. And what was very interesting while reading this article is that in the same article, they pretty much confirmed Marvel is going to do something called Marvel Spotlight, which is think of Marvel but Elseworld stories that's not connected to MCU anymore. And so Wonder Man will be one of the first projects that will be released under Marvel Spotlight, which means it'll be Elseworld, not contained in MCU, and stuff like that. Now, if you're watching this, you're probably wondering, well, then what's going to go, what's going to happen with King Dynasty? Like, what, what is actually happening now with the saga? Don't worry. Marvel sat back and they watched Loki season one and was like, yo, we should hire the showrunner and the writer of Loki season one to write both Avengers King Dynasty and also Avengers Secret Wars. So right now he's pinning both of the scripts at this moment. Hopefully they get it done because I think they're thinking about releasing them like in 2026, I believe. So with all that being said about, there's now there's now uh, no directors now for Secret Wars and King Dynasty at the moment. Uh, we have the Loki season one writer now writing both King Dynasty and Secret Wars. So with all that being said, I'm gonna start with you, Malcolm. What are your thoughts so far about these major changes? What do you expect to see now? I don't know if you saw Loki season one. I don't know if you want to give your thoughts on it and how it might translate to this new movie. You didn't know if I saw Loki season one. I saw Loki season one and two. Um, I think they are combined the best Marvel project they've done in probably since Endgame and Infinity War over No Way Home, over Black Panther 2 and every other mid to okay movie they've made since then um Mm -hmm. i think that this is a good idea because honestly these shows or these both these seasons did a really good job of telling a story in a way that the other marvel shows didn't really grasp at least not for me i don't know well i heard feedback and like seems like each show that they keep putting out gets worse and worse um for audiences but 
for yeah. Loki, it was kind of a fresh breath of fresh air because it seemed like they had an idea of what they wanted and they were just trying to tell a story with characters instead of trying to like fit something into like an already um, established timeline and established like characters and they try to change dynamics and She-Hulk and I just, uh, I don't want to talk about it. But um, Loki, yeah. I think that the, getting the director and getting the people like involved with that show is probably the best idea they've had in a while. Um, Jason, did you see Loki season two? Oh, okay. I think it's one? better than the first one. He did see the first one. Okay. He did um, see the first season. Yeah, James can vouch for that, right? Second season yeah. better than the first season. They they somehow improved 100%. on already good first season. They took what worked in season one and then just expanded so much. Mm-hmm. Loved it, and it made it work. Yes. And what's crazy is Loki season one was so popular that Marvel immediately went back on what they said about the Disney shows being supplementary. Yeah. Exactly. And they started becoming exactly. necessary. But then mm-hmm. the shows became necessarily crap. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much how it is. I think Loki season two, I think that you had the writer for Loki season one and a showrunner. Because showrunner means that he thought this whole thing out of how Loki's arc was going to happen for both seasons. So it makes it, it makes sense for them to have him write both of the films. So that way there is some type of, it feels like King Dynasty is going to be like a part one and Secret, Dynasty, Secret Wars will be a part two type of flick. All right. Now, and Jason, because they ahead, actually cutting you off, it because they have um, already dealt with having two parts. Because Loki season one is just a part one. It, honestly, I don't even want to call it season one, season two. It's just like the first half of an entire series. Yeah, that's and what he said I too. Think yeah. Because they have experience of setting that up and then waiting a couple years and not deviating from that. I think it'll make these next two movies seem more cohesive than where before I was kind of worried that they would just like be all over the place and scattered and not make sense by the time like we finish everything right right okay what do you think Jason honestly um, I'm honestly kind of like just seeing like man whatever y'all do is whatever y'all do just because there's been so much issues with the quantum mania like kick off to begin with everything from just like a failed execution on the end part to um just it seems like a very obvious pivot i know we might get into this later from away from kang to other people i do think it's a good idea to like switch up um and do a fresh start because again people are kind of irritated with the fact that marvel has been a cut rinse repeat cycle of television for like three years straight now I know it started before then, but it's been almost a good three years since it's been obvious. And even then, people's graces run out because, again, people are kind of riding off the coattails of what they enjoyed in the past. And obviously, people say they want different and they don't want different. But this time, I think people do want different. But I think people need to have open minds about it because, again, like people are already kind of burnt out and spent. For better or for worse, all the delays probably would actually help more than hurt in terms of all the delays that have happened with these movies. That's what it seems like. It seems like with a lot of these delays, you kind of get the sense that because um, you see Marvel shuffling a lot of their movies, they even happen like later on uh, in the coming years, which we'll get to that later. But I do think that when it comes to King Dynasty and Secret Wars, I think having a setting up as a part one, but a satisfying part one, like almost uh, 
like Loki season one, how it kind of has its own conclusive story where you don't need to necessarily watch season two. If you were just a casual person, you just want to watch good television, you can just watch season one and you can walk away and be kind of sort of satisfied with it. So hopefully this guy can do it. Now, this guy was the same person who wrote Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Now, I don't know if that is good or bad per se, depending on the person. I thought it had a lot of great concepts and elements. Jason enjoyed it, which is great. It had a lot of interesting elements and concepts to it. So I feel like, hey, I'm someone where, let's see what you give me. Tell me the story and then we'll see where it goes. So with all that being said, uh, the next thing that was happening with Marvel is they are actually, now the time of this recording is right before Christmas. So like December uh, 16th. So we have reports that Marvel What If season two is coming out and it's coming out this month, starting on Friday, December 22. And they're gonna release one new episode every day for nine consecutive days leading into the new year. And they actually released um, a screenshot of like episode titles that they're thinking of releasing. I'm not thinking of releasing, but like that's going to be released. Now you can see that they have uh, nine episodes about different what ifs. It seems like they wanted to focus more so on what ifs that's been set in MCU than what ifs of just overall Marvel comic history, which, eh. Now the reception for most people in the uh, audience, I said audience, um, that's fans of the MCU, they're kind of not liking this schedule release because it feels like a lot of the episode titles that they believe is kind of boring essentially and i kind of have to agree with them like i mean who cares about episode three where it says what if happy hogan saved christmas i don't think anyone necessarily cares about that type of stuff i think the only episodes that i might actually like is avengers assembled in 1602 i'm like dang even before the first slaves ooh, what's gonna happen there you know what i mean are gonna touch on that <laughs> probably not or um, Strange, Supreme, Strange Supreme has intervened. Those are the only two episode titles where I'm like, okay, you got my attention. But all the other ones, like, I don't really care as much. But what do you guys think? Uh, let's start with Jason. My first thoughts is like, man, you're really giving me with the Kwanzaa, 12 Days of Christmas kind of vibe. Like, let's get it, one, two, three, four, five. Like, this is your Christmas gift. Um, I personally have an open mind. I don't know they're gonna pull it off. I know that there's a lot more free reign with the what ifs just because they are by nature open-ended. And so like, right. I think we have like a, a chance to, for them to really break free of a lot of the constraints of maintaining a really broad continuity um, like they have been with like all the other MCU stuff. Um, we'll see. I mean, Thanos versus Captain America. Yeah. I personally don't care that much <laughs> <To see> that. <laughs> i think when we I have think it's a go ahead no you got it i would say i think it's an interesting concept i think it's nice that they're releasing it like every day for nine days i think that's nice to fit into the holiday cheer because you know how people oh. have the 12 days of christmas that's cool but i wish they um i don't know if you guys ever watched it it's on disney plus it's not talked about a lot but i think it was very interesting how star wars did it they had something called star wars visions that was released as like its own season but it was like it was same thing as what if but it's, it's like anthology series but each episode is on what if but it's hand it's given to different independent animated studios so the art style could be vastly different you get one that's similar to studio ghibli one is similar to chinese anime one similar to just american animation and just it's its own 30 minute pocket of their own what if story and i wish marvel kind of did that with their what if a little bit as well but um what do you think Marvel? 
Um, my fault. Jason. No, Jason, go. You sound like you have nah, more. Right. Nah, I feel like that would be wildly expensive and implementation would be a, a nightmare. I think that only Probably. happened well because they planned on it. I don't think planned Marvel it, has yeah. the bandwidth for that, practically. Although I think that might be cool. I don't mind, like, diverse storytelling in that way. Again, like... Yeah, I know. Michael? I misspoke earlier when I said um, Loki season one and two is the best Marvel project. Oh, I still think it is, but I actually feel like I'm one of the few people who really, really, really enjoyed What If season one. Um, oh, really? I don't know why, but like I, I first went into it and I was like, oh, this concept's okay. Like I'm, I'm just open-minded, see what they're gonna do. And like, as it went on, like, I think I enjoyed something different. Like, I feel like we as fans keep saying, oh, we want something different now. Like, we're tired of the same old MCU. At least to me, it felt just a little bit different to where I'm like, okay, this is not what I was expecting. Like, animated Thanos, I think, I don't know if y'all remember that one scene where he was, like, making one, jokes yeah. about, like, uh, like destroying half yeah. the universe. And I was just like, yeah, like, this is, like, something I can enjoy by, like, sit back and just, like, watch and not have to feel like I'm totally invested in like a 30 movie saga and have to try to remember everything. Like this is just something I can enjoy the concept of comic book heroes, but not try mm -hmm. to analyze every single second and every single scene. Um, and it kind of just reminded me of watching like Saturday morning cartoons. But I think the my favorite part was when they found a way to tie it all in together. Cause I was not expecting that. I was expecting each oh, episode yeah, to be its own thing. Yeah yeah like it, it was just like their own thing and whatever and then like as the, the season went on and towards the end of it like they found a way to tie it all together i really enjoyed that concept i really enjoyed how they worked it in um some of the stories were pretty interesting for me um i'm just going in with an open mind of like i'm not expecting this to be peak fiction this is not like the greatest story ever told but like, it's just fun like questions that you ask i love to ask random questions of like what happens if this happened what would what would this person do or what would this scenario like how would this play out yeah um and the fact that marvel is willing to do this in an animated form in a um anthology series is something i i didn't think i would enjoy at first but now i was really hooked and i was really looking forward to seeing that they had a season two i didn't look at the trailer i kind of want to go in blind um i did look at some of the uh, the titles james like you said uh, like what if the avengers were in 1602 they have to talk about slavery. I feel like they, they just have to. It's I such feel like a they big, should at that point. Not like I need them to address racial issues in America, but like right. I feel like every, every single person in America who first saw that title is like slavery. It's the first thing they thought yeah. of. They have to joke about it. Well, slavery is not a joke. Nah, that is not true. Some cats Don't joke about be, it. Nah, there's some cats that would probably be like, oh, we need to see this in like... Like, oh, they're gonna join our like founding fathers or a revolutionary army. And obviously, like 1602 is too far back. That's more pilgrim stuff than slavery. Yeah. If they did like 1800, then okay. maybe that's why they went that far back. They probably went that far back so they didn't have to. Yeah, have to worry about that stuff. You're right. Yeah, it's just it's just right before the slaves came in. Yeah. I do like what you said though. I do really really like what you said about like saying like, hey, this is different because it's like I don't have to do a bunch of homework because I think that's really leaning into like a common complaint about comics. There's so much out that you feel like you can't just jump in. Mm -hmm. And when you started the MCU, there wasn't enough out for you to even have that feeling of, oh, I don't even want to get invested, but it's becoming like that. 
Yeah. Yep. It, it just feels I, like you have to know everything that happened beforehand to understand what's happening here. And this, you don't have to. You can just jump in blind. If you like, if you're like a 15 year old kid and like you just like want to watch TV, watch cartoons, you can just watch this and not have to like, oh, what are the other things I did? Um, also, James, I have to disagree. Happy Hogan saves Christmas. I'm a sucker for Christmas stories and Christmas movies and Christmas TV shows and Christmas specials. I, it's it's cheesy, it's campy. It, I'm not expecting anything grandiose, but it's just like, oh, a Christmas special, something else. What do they have them have the Iron Man suit? What if that's like, what if that's the thing? They have them have the Maybe. Iron Man suit, and that's how he saves Christmas. I, I don't know what that story would be, but you're right. I do I do think that. Um, a lot of people have been a little harsh on it. I, I'm not like a, a lot of people have what if as like the bottom of their TV show rankings for uh, mm-hmm. Marvel, but I can understand that because a lot of a lot of the episodes I don't really revisit. There's only like two or three I might revisit, especially the last episode. The last episode mm-hmm. itself, I was like, oh, that's okay. how would I be like, at the bottom of the barrel. I don't know. It's, there are some definitively bad Marvel TV shows and they're not hard true. to find. They're not hard to find. But I think when it comes to a lot of people, some people, depending on who you talk to, didn't like how it's tied in. A lot of people felt like it should just be just well, they don't like, fun. like black, they don't like fun. I agree, they don't like fun. It's like almost like Black Mirror, where it's like they don't connect. It's just one and done. But I, I thought it was kind of cool. But it felt like another MCU thing to oh now it's another thing I got to keep track of now again. I can't just watch this without watching the other stuff. But we'll see how it plays out. We'll see. We'll see. But I think the uh, what's interesting is Marvel was going through so much stuff because we, we talked about it before in other episodes where they were exposed for not knowing how to run TV well, essentially, and they didn't have the right infrastructure on how to actually properly handle television staffing, etc. So Marvel took the goal of reorganizing their stuff, which also meant reorganizing their film slate. And so much that they reorganized it that the only film that we have in the MCU next year is Deadpool 3. That's the only movie that's coming out, I believe, um, like June, like summertime, I believe. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. So if you look at this right now, you have Deadpool 3 coming out in 2024, and then you have five, you have four films, Captain America 4, Fantastic 4, Thunderbolts, and Blade, all supposed to be coming out in 2025, which, in my opinion, it makes a lot of sense because it seems like Captain America 4 went through a massive reshoot recently where... Uh, article came out saying that they're doing like four months of reshoots and for people who wanted like understand the scope of that to film in-game it was also like four months to shoot uh, in-game so it almost feels like they're taking the entire movie apart and just reshooting it but with this looking at the schedule y'all um are you guys fine with this decision do you guys wish the movies can move up like blade for example like what's your thoughts on this let's start with uh jason absolutely not uh you we do not need to move anything up i think one year and one movie is exactly what marvel needs to hit a hard reset people don't even want to see these movies people can't afford to see all these movies back to back right now especially right after christmas time like people are broke right now like all these people that i care about, literally gotta get them gifts and stuff come on now yeah exactly and and I also think you were totally right. I don't know why anyone was surprised that Marvel couldn't write TV shows. Because they've never been good at writing TV shows. How many good Marvel TV shows can you count? And even then, that was before Disney bought them. And after Disney bought them, remember that one uh, Marvel TV show? Um, it was like Agents of the Shield or whatnot. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the most boring TV shows I've ever seen. You wouldn't have imagined it was a yeah. superhero TV show unless they were in dumb costumes. Like, the reality was, like, way back in the day, like, DC was knocking it out of the park with TV shows. DC's always been, like, way better at TV shows. Every, every All the way back. Even you know, animated TV shows. Especially animated TV shows. Man, even Smallville was better than that mug. <laughs> I love Smallville, but the the writing it's very CWE. You know what I'm saying? Like yes, yes. Even the Flash, which I really enjoyed up until season five. Season four is low. Mine was season two. Season you dropped two on season two. Yeah, season two. Season three. Nah, I was nice. faithful, man. I'm a, I'm a DC junkie oh, for real, but the, man. the Flash was hard to get past season five. It was just dang near impossible. It was the first season I couldn't go. But the reality is, I don't know why anyone was surprised that. DC that, that Marvel like Disney's Marvel couldn't write TV we have a track record of bad television shows and in general Marvel's TV shows don't age well yeah they don't believe me I've been trying to rewatch them <laughs> oh my goodness so what do you think Malcolm I agree obviously it's it it's not too hard to agree with this concept you need to take a break Marvel what are you doing like I agree. savor what we have and just let it breathe because I feel like they're really trying to stretch everything they can to like two, three, four, five movies all in one year. And like, we need to make a profit. We need to make this, we need to do that because we promise this. Like, I promise you, if you just take a break and like let things breathe, people will come back. They just need to like digest everything that they've just witnessed in the past five to 10 years. And just like, <sighs> I, just, you know, I need to you take a crazy? deep breath. What? You know what's crazy about this is that if you think about it, so that's so we but now to be fair, Marvel does have like three or four shows coming out next year. They have Echo coming out dropping next month. They're dropping all the episodes at once on January 10th. You have um what if season two? No, no, I'm sorry. That's not it. We just talked about it. I forgot what it is. Oh, X-Men 97. They're dropping that in the summertime of next year as well. And then you also have Agatha that spin-off movie that no, spin-off tv show no one really cares about from wandavision that's coming out in the fall 2024 and iron heart has been delayed indefinitely until they figure out where to place it essentially that's crazy because so, iron heart would have been one of the ones that they really would have been able to cash in on because oh yeah her cameo in wakanda forever was well received she's an interesting character and they've been looking for someone to replace iron man's like the hole that he left when he retired and now they're bringing it that that's neither here nor there i don't understand why that wasn't one of the first things they brought back but no they introduced a bunch of characters that people weren't even thinking about that's true it's almost like they were like all right we have enough hype for these big characters yep like we have enough we have enough uh bandwidth for we have enough hype built up for all these characters that people want to see that we're going to use up their patience and then introduce a bunch of characters that nobody was thinking about. Not necessarily that nobody cares about, but nobody was thinking about those characters. And then you introduce them, and then they underestimated how little patience people have. And now, I'm not even sure if they bring all the characters that we were excited to see from all these cameos, that if we'll even go, no. we'll even bite. If they make an Ironheart movie, I don't think people are going to bite. If they had no. made the Iron Ironheart movie a year ago, people would have yeah. right, right, right in there. But no, we have like, that crappy Thor movie that came out, we had like Quantumanium yeah. was just a wash. And yeah, you had the Marvels too. So And then all these that, dumb TV shows that should have never got made. Or they should have just oh, been yeah. more concise. 
I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I really think they would have done better to slow down. But they they tripled down, assuming that we have endless bandwidth and that we can just keep raising the subscription price. Oh, we're pushing all these shows out, so we need to like make ends meet. You can make ends meet by not making a bunch of crappy projects. Uh-oh. Here comes anti-capitalist Jason. Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> but I, I do agree with you. Comic books and I know. <laughs> and them making too much because we can't possibly consume this high volume of media and also maintain the fact that all of it is within the same continuity, which makes it feel like homework. That's a problem. It does. It does. Never I felt that way it's... about any of my other DC stuff. Never felt like homework to me. Someone said it best. Someone said that um, everything everything's about content now, and it sucks because we don't have that much time during the day to consume everything. And so when you have stuff like this situation where, okay, cool, we have all these shows coming out from Marvel. We, we have, luckily, Deadpool 3 is the only movie in MCU. But what it led me thinking, though, is that, okay, that means 2025 is going to be a mega year for comic book movies. Because you got to think about this in this perspective. The only comic book movies I am in knowledge of right now is, that's coming out next year, is Deadpool 3 and the Joker movie, Joker 2. I think that's the only comic book movies I believe is coming out next year, which means 2025 is Batman Part 2, Superman Legacy, and then you have Captain America 4, Fantastic Four, Thunderbolts, Blade. It is going to be packed of superhero movies. So I think it's good, though, because I do think it's good for us to have this breathing room and make people finally feel like they've missed Marvel and stuff like that and see it more as, a, as an event than as Homer, like you said. So with all that being said, um, the next thing that I actually wanted to bring up is something that uh, is very interesting that I saw a couple of days ago. So apparently, there's a new animated series coming out called Eyes of Wakanda, and it's in the works at Marvel. Now, we don't know much about it. All we have is like a little screenshot, or at least um, not necessarily a screenshot, but kind of like a, um, a drawing of what they want to do with the uh, franchise, with the, with the show. This is what it looks like. This is what we see. And oh. all they say, yeah. And all they say about it is that, quote, throughout Wakandian history, brave warriors have been tasked to travel the world retrieving dangerous vibranium artifacts. This is their story. So to me, it sounded almost like a law and order type of thing, where it's like every episode might be about a different Wakandian going to retrieve an artifact in the world. And they might have to do, uh, do some stealth missions or something like that. I think that would be a wonderful idea. And the fact that it's animated too will show off so much creativity in terms of uh, design and stuff like that. But what's your thoughts on the idea of an animated series, Eyes Wakanda, for Marvel? I'm all for it. Um, again, I'm skeptical of their ability to like pull this off. Uh, Marvel has a track record of not really doing the best job with episodic television structure where you can weave in independent episodes like say you know like you can softly watch an episodic tv show out of order a little bit right just because yeah. there's like complete arcs in every episode so there's a sense of conclusion and i think marvel is kind of in the same bag with netflix where they've almost built their storytelling structure based off of the fact that people's tv habits have transitioned towards binging and honestly in the last year people are kind of like hey it's been nice to finally have the option to binge things because 
this isn't just like when you had a DVR, like we can stream and binge whatever. People are tired of that. Like people are just like, crap, like I'm not enjoying television as much when I'm binging like this. I actually enjoy things in pieces. And I think depending on how they pull that off, we'll see. Um, Cause I, I have concerns about whether or not they can pull off um, just being able to tell those stories in an like you know this is an anthology series essentially like they're going back in time yeah switching in and honest to goodness there's opportunities for them to do like maybe like slight crossovers or just references or even other things that have been built into the uh, overall marvel mythos i mean marvel's universe is much younger than dc's so they don't have the same bandwidth to do anthology like that because again like dc has almost a hundred years of like comic books it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this. And Marvel is a baby compared to DC history-wise, and so they don't have as much old stories to pull from. And But we'll see. We'll, we'll have to see. I know there, there was... like Black Panther's been in animated Marvel works before, but again, like nobody talks about those things. Nobody has like... Like, oh my gosh, like remember that show? It was such a classic. People don't do that because they yeah. don't age well. And again, I... I don't know. I would hope that they would make a type of story that they don't focus so much on, like, Flash. Like, I know, like, this is looking good, but I think what happens when we focus more on Flash, opposed to just consistency and just clean, consistent, like, storytelling, clean, consistent animation, and clean, consistent, like, themes that hold up. Like, that's the the make or break between a show that's really good for this year and then a year from now, like, oh, it's kind of not the vibe anymore versus things that hold up and essentially, like, age very well which I've been watching a lot mm-hmm. of. Yeah. And so that think, those are my hopes. My expectations are low. My hopes are high. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think we'll see how it goes. I think I, I think the fact that he made it animated works. I hope they put it underneath this Marvel Spotlight banner so that way it, could, it doesn't have to worry about it being tied down to what the MCU continuity is and it can be like its own Elseworld type of story. But we'll see how it goes. But James, can uh, you pull that image back up? Yeah, sure, buddy. Yeah. Did you hear the, the announcement? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Crap, I got to find it again. I closed it. But go ahead. Oh, I just see. wanted to um, make a comment on the outfit. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. Here we go. You'll be like, it's <laughs> actually racist. Nah. Well, I'll say this about the TV show. That um, this better be like some spy but like not spy thriller secret like mission type artifact recovery i don't want to see just straight up you know just an action movie like i want a more of like a what the falcon and the winter soldier was supposed to be but it wasn't espionage wise yeah yes right yes an espionage thriller and i like the design um i really just wanted to see what it looked like because i saw it but like i didn't get a good enough picture yeah yeah so we'll see how it goes we'll see now next one coming up is we got some official news about pedro pascal being eyed not confirmed he's not confirmed so hold off the pitchforks he's just eyed to play the role of reed richards and this caused a major storm in the comic book community because a lot of people have different fan casts a lot of people wanted john kaczynski to come back but it sounds like he doesn't really care enough to come back and play as Reed Richards. Uh, there was rumor that Adam Driver, which played as uh, Kylo Ren in the Star Wars new trilogy, he was a villain. Apparently, he was offered it, 
but apparently Marvel had a problem with a lot of Reed Richard actors were so expensive to pay for, so they decided to not pay those. But I, I guess uh, Pedro Pascal is not that expensive to pay for, so I guess they're gonna give him the role potentially. Dang, but that's disrespectful. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But a lot of people's a lot of people's opinions for him in this is that one they don't like it because one they just can't imagine, they don't see Reed Richards in him. It just doesn't look to them the same. But also a lot of his roles are based on being like the stubborn father figure, like you see The Last of Us with Ellie. He's just like that person who is like that disgruntled old man. So a lot of people wonder how that's gonna translate well with Reed Richards. But hey, look, Pedro Pascal can act. He played he was Mandalorian, so he got my trust. But what's your thoughts, Jason? I don't know why people are so upset. Cause again, like remember when Robert Patterson was was casted as Batman, everyone was dogging him. I'm not going to lie, I wanted to, but I'm also very much like, hey, let them act. Because the reality is like acting is like, that's what it is. You're yeah, you're looking yeah, at who you are, but then acting isn't you being who you are. Acting is you being someone else, being another character. Yeah, exactly. And then filling in that character and growing that character further. If you're a really good actor, like say uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, like when you take the role yeah. and develop it further, even beyond who the writer is. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't see a lot of that. I honest to goodness, I think he could pull it off just because the reality is like, man, makeup and a hairstyle and a good shave of the beard like can go so far. And again, like we're really boxing in these actors, especially ones that don't have that long a career for us to really box them in like that. It's not like some some person who has like a 20 year career and they've only done like this specific type of role. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that they're just like, oh, like Nicolas Cage, like as um, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? As any role i know exactly so like, we'll we don't want to see, see that nobody wants to see that sorry nicholas cage mm. nobody <laughs> wants to see you on now malcolm's Anyways. a big nicholas cage fan so how dare you national treasure literally come on now mm -hmm. ah, overrated anyways oh <laughs> go ahead malcolm oh my gosh um i don't know how to respond to that but i don't know Pedro Pascal that much because I haven't seen literally anything he's in. I know the name. I've seen all the like the clips and pictures, but like I haven't Memes. cared about anything. Yeah, all that. Like Interesting. I just haven't cared. I hear that he's a great actor. So my thought process is why not just let him cook? You know, like exactly. Let him do his thing. If everyone's excited that he's a great actor, but then they're upset that he may not portray the way that they want him to, like whatever happened to just like letting see what happens like why do we always have to oh, judge yeah. based off of, like a book by its cover as people like to say well we'll have to see because there's so many so many famous examples of people of fans thinking oh this actor can't do it but then the movie comes out they're like oh like Heath Ledger for example because they make true. fun yeah. of him with Brokeback Mountain uh saying that Robert Pattinson a lot of people made fun of him for Twilight but then the Batman came out and people were like oh I forgot you are an actor it's your job to act in, and speaking of which, side note, just to talk about how crazy it is. I know you guys didn't watch the, studio, the new Studio Ghibli movie, The Boy and the Heron. Robert Pattinson plays the heron, the, the, the falcon that you see like in, in the trailer. When you hear him talk, that you do not hear a, at all Robert Pattinson. That is a whole new voice transformed. It's different from like how like Jason felt. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. It's the same way how with Jason, when it came to Super Mario, he wanted someone who's actually Italian to do it. I didn't say that. an American actor. I didn't you know? say that. So he did, Jason didn't say that. He didn't say that. I just say he thought he Mario could have been voiced Mario, better. Though, you mean? He don't sound like Mario. Yeah. 
Yes. But, but I mean, but that's but Chris Pratt did a great job with that role. He did. So I was like, hey, look, it can work, man. We just got to see how it goes. See how it goes. But speaking of which, how, how things go, the Sony universe is dropping a whole nother movie um, called Madam Web. It is coming out, I think, when is it coming out again, Jason? It's coming out sometime in theaters. I forgot. Um, I but, literally um, have it up. Um, sometime earlier this year. It's showing I mean, to be... Like what? Like February or something? Madam Web? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah, February 14th. Oh, Valentine's Day. Man, mm. and during Black History Month? Yeah, I mean, crazy, Madam bro. Web. So it's, it's right, Madam Web. Web. <laughs> Madam Web, hey, you know what I'm saying? So they're this trying to release it. And the trailer just dropped like a month ago. <laughs> and we heard a lot of things about Madam Web. Um, we know it seems like, uh, based on the rumors, based on rumors and based on what the trailer is giving, it sounds like the whole story is she gets these bunch of these powers through some some way. And the whole story is that this person attacking them is actually somebody who is trying to kill Peter Parker as a baby, it sounds like. And so her job is to, I guess, go through like a Groundhog Day process or moments in in the timeline to make sure that Peter Parker is born as Spider-Man. At least that's the the, the rumor mill. Essentially. Are you saying so she gets so, like re, she restarts the day over and over again every time she dies? I don't think it's re, I, don't, I don't know if it's maybe I don't know if it's restarts the day or, or something, just, but I know it's, it's a constant restart. Yeah, yeah, whatever okay. range of time she's restarting consistently. Um, in a trailer, actually, I don't know where. Right here, this scene right here, where uh, the guy's talking to her. A lot of people, if you pause at that moment. That was supposed to be like Ben Parker, like Uncle Ben, essentially. Uh, but I'm going to fan theories. But anyway, I want to get y'all thoughts on this film, uh, on this trailer. I know, Jason, you just watched it. How do you feel about the rumored premise? What do you think is actually going to happen? Because Madame Webb is one of those Spider-Man characters where her only role was to tie all the Spider-Man universes together into one so she can transport in different universes. But that's it. So I think Madame Webb is a really, really interesting character. It's different from just like another person getting spider powers like i'm not sure if you guys know like right now in like the spider-man like comics there's just so many different people it's like five people now who have spider-man powers like miles morales like spider lad peter parker peter parker another back. one yeah and then like two more and it's just like how are you gonna start differentiating these cats like you you can't you can't just keep giving them new powers you gotta separate them throw someone on an island or something i don't know make someone go to cali i don't know anyways but the reality yeah. is like I'm about this. I just finished watching like two seasons straight of like ReZero, which kind of also does the whole like mind bendy, like have to keep reliving the thing and study your mistakes over and, over and like get yeah. second chances to do this thing and kind of just prevent the worst case scenario. And I I don't mind that type of storytelling. It can obviously any type of storytelling can be like washed and then you just mess it up. But this leads a lot of opportunity for like redos. And as far as like continuity concerns, there's a lot of like leeway. And I kind of like giving writers leeway where they can get it because then you can actually get like good stories. Also, this is a Marvel movie that isn't Disney. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of cool having Disney movies a little bit right now because they keep giving me the same thing. I did enjoy, you know, the Marvels like adequately in terms of just like it's a fun movie to watch despite all the issues yeah. with it. I don't think it should have done as bad as it did. But again, like this is different. This is gonna be different. I'm excited for it. Um, I'm a big fan of Mindbender. Cause again, it's a higher difficulty type of story to write. 
to pay off. But if yeah. you pull it off at all, it's automatically like an A rank or an S, S rank story. Mm -hmm. The same thing with time travel. You either try to pull it off and fail. It's either an F or like an A or an S. Yeah, you either sink or swim. Like it's the, barely the margin for error time. is not, the margin for error is so slim that pulling it off at all means it's an amazing movie. So again, for mm -hmm. that reason, I'm hoping they pull this off. I don't know who exactly is like directing it, but I'm about it. I would go out to see this. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, Malcolm. Okay. Yeah, um, I feel like I keep repeating myself, but this is also another one of my guilty pleasure type of themes of like, you have to restart and keep doing something until you like learn and change and you gotta grow each time. So like Groundhog's Day, I like it, it was a good movie, solid. Um, another movie that did the same concept but didn't get as great reviews, kind of, was Happy Death Day. It was a horror movie genre. I don't know if either of you saw that. Got two movies. It was an okay, campy, um, just casual horror flick, PG-13, like but it has the same concept of, like, the girl dies and, like, she has to keep reliving to find out who's been killing her. And I, I just enjoy those type of stories. Um spoiler alert to anyone who didn't watch the Loki season two but that also happens in that um and like Jason said re-zero like there, there's just a couple different like um forms of media that do that a lot and I like it and seem to enjoy it each time um but I will say that I am interested to see how it goes in an MCU not TV show style as just a standalone movie I agree with Jason yeah. that it'll either be sink or swim I don't know if um, I don't know if they have the bandwidth, but I'm excited. Question mark. Hey, don't <laughs> think I'm excited. I mean, hey, because right after Man and Web, we got Craven the Hunter. So you I know, I'll just rewatched um, Spider-Man Two and the Amazing Spider-Man Two this last couple of weeks. Uh, oh, why? look at that! Why not? Um, Suffer for many reasons. Why not? But, yeah. yeah um just to like just see it again see like how it holds up especially as these newer movies are coming out and spider-man obviously is just untouchable right now in media yeah i just wanted to see what so, was cracking it me personally i think this trailer was very interesting um i know a lot of people was calling it a lot of people i think this is like one of those like b movies like it's like it's not gonna be trying yeah. it's not trying to be an oscar prestige film it's not trying to win the best dramatic roles it is a it, it knows what it is and it's sticking in its lane and it's playing to its strengths Bingo. that's what oh, it feels like hear me out have you all do y'all understand when i say that there are movies that are like gets a six out of ten but you really enjoy it versus a movie that's a six out of ten and you're like that was bad yeah i guess like, mindset. There, there are movies where like yeah i'd give that a six or six and a half out of ten but like that's a great rewatchable movie but like it wasn't amazing it wasn't breathtaking but it was just like that was fun i enjoyed it i would rewatch that but it was still a six yeah. out of ten and then yeah, there's movies yeah. where it was just like what did i just watch like you would never watch it again yeah yeah like exactly. I, I don't know if i watched that again like it was okay i guess um I, that's what yeah. i feel like it's this is going to be i feel like this is going to be a good six and a half seven out of ten but like you would rewatch it, it's fun, but you would never call it like Oscar worthy. You would never be like, "Wow, this is like." The need is my collection. Yeah, but you were right. like, yeah, I enjoyed it. I would watch it again. It's you would put it on the background. That's what I I'm picturing this movie is gonna be. Oh, nice, solid, solid. Okay, cool. 
So moving on away from Marvel and Sony because they took like 43 minutes of this. And that's because Marvel and Sony are always going through something. So there's always content there. But we're going to pivot to the DC side of things. So DC, uh, James Gunn is still putting out his universe. And right now we're in the current of the casting calls. Uh, it's He plans to shoot Superman Legacy starting January next month, actually. So things are on the way and we're starting to get a lot of more casting announcements casting announcements for example we got our lex luther and it's going to be played by the one and only nicholas holt now if you don't know who nicholas holt is um it's very interesting so he he actually auditioned for the batman robert pattinson role he was actually one of the top actors rumored to actually be in the running to play it but then robert pattinson got it and then he actually auditioned to play superman and superman legacy he didn't get it so James Gunn's like, hey, you know what? You're good. I like you. Let's get you as Lex Luthor. And James Gunn did confirm he will be bald. He will be bald in the movie. So we're going to see how it goes. But uh, yeah, so Nicholas Holt's playing. And not only did we get Nicholas Holt playing for Lex Luthor, we got a little bit more additional details. So Jimmy Olsen has been cast. Um, the guy, uh, the actor's name is Skylar Gisando, I believe. I don't, I'm not really familiar with his works. The only thing I'm familiar with is that Jason should know this because he just watched the Amazing Spider-Man films. Kazando actually played um, the brother of Gwen Stacy. So he was the one who's now cast as Jimmy Olsen in the film. And I think it's pretty interesting how they have this set up. So um, me personally, I'll start first, I guess. <clears throat> me personally, when it comes to Superman, I'm a really big fan of it. I really do love the comic books, the movies, and etc. And I think so far what I'm hearing from James Gunn's idea for Superman Legacy that you're having all these different characters like Mr. Terrific, you're having Hawkgirl in here, and then you have other like Lex Luthor's always also in here. A lot of people were worried, and they keep hounding uh, James Gunn about this too, but a lot of people are worried that it's probably going to be overstuffed with so much that it may not be actually a Superman movie. And someone says something that was really good that shut everybody up because it is actually a very valid point. Someone posted a screenshot by saying, if this is if you don't think you can write a, a story that can focus on superman's superman with other supporting characters look at oppenheimer oppenheimer had like 20 a-list actors but it was still if you watch it it's an op it's still an oppenheimer film through and through so it's not about the idea of how many too many characters it's just what roles do they play and james gunn has already said in this movie he like all these characters are here because they serve a purpose for Superman's story, for the main story. So they're not necessarily there for Easter egg references or anything like that. They're there just to show uh, Superman's side of things and also Clark Kent's side of things. So with all that being said, Jason and Malcolm, what are y'all thoughts about uh, Lex Luthor finally being casted? How much do you guys think he'll be actually involved in this? And Jimmy Olsen, if you guys care enough to talk about that as well. My immediate comment is please don't make it Lex Luthor Jr. and um, don't make him yeah. like sporadic and goofy. Or just like cartoonishly villain. I mean, yes. obviously right. like, the context of which these characters I know is cartoons, but and I don't mind like a level of like flair and flamboyancy with the characters. But, but Lex Luthor is uh, I, I'm I'm sorry, James, your your favorite movie of all time just like I don't know how you look. Not my favorite movie of all time, but y'all wild for saying that. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, for the audience, they're talking about Batman versus Superman. Yeah. 
that was only, that's one thing in the movie I did not like, so I agree with Malcolm on that take. I don't like how they did Les Luthor Jr. That was a cop-out. But yeah, so um, I don't know. I think overall, I hope it does well. We'll see when it comes out. Um, it comes out, it's supposed to come out 2025, so we'll see how that goes. Now, next thing coming up is one that I wonder how you guys feel about this. There's some plot points in this article that I found interesting. So Legend of Zelda live action is actually in the works. And it's I will directed mute my mic. by. I will let y'all talk. Y'all are some nerds and geeks. Y'all play. Malcolm all the does games. not care about anything in this. I'm a hey, hater. I, hey, I haven't played all of the games. I've only played. Played enough. I have played what a decent loser. number of Zelda games, but not like anywhere close to all of them. What a loser! So I know that is... Zelda is. Call me a loser. <laughs> I know Zelda is the princess, and it took me like probably until high school to know that. But that's all. What? I Wow, I'm sorry, I didn't care. I get it, <laughs> I get like, it. Sorry. You're gonna care now. I don't care. <laughs> I didn't grow up around people thing. who cared about the Legend of Zelda. Then they weren't they weren't good people then, Malcolm. Oh, uh, here's the thing. My family when it comes to so let me get into the point of the article. Well when you <laughs> I can't okay, fine. All right, I mean, do your thing, bro. <laughs> Thank you. So Legend of Zelda is in the works with Wes Ball directing. Okay, so it's gonna be partnered with Nintendo and Sony. So this trailer that I'm showing you right now is one of the tr uh, movies that this director is actually directing. This is like his flair, his style, so you get to see what it's, his visual, visual uh, style might be. He did this movie, and he's also he also directed the Maze Runner franchise. If you guys are familiar with it, that was a young adult franchise back in the early 2010s. Now, the writer for this movie is going to be Derek Canoli. And he's well known for making the entire Jurassic World trilogy. He wrote all of it. So take that with you, Will. A lot of people do not like the Jurassic World trilogy, but it made a whole bunch of money. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, but the one last point of view, the one last point I want to make is that the director, he states, now mind, this is a live action. He states that Miyazaki movies, so Spirit of the Way, The Boring Heron, Princess Monoke, um, all of them, they are inspiration for the Legend of Zelda live action, essentially. So, me personally, I'll just say this. I don't know, I would rather you just go, go to Studio Ghibli and just tell him, can you make an animated Legend of Zelda flick instead of doing a live action one? But we'll see how it goes. I don't know, Jason, I don't know. You say you're not really well known to the lore and stuff like that, and that's fine. Oh, no, no, I didn't but, say that. Oh, you didn't? Oh, my fault. Ooh. Sorry, but I do want to get your thoughts though on. So, how do you feel about the fact that you have a director who's directing this film? He's saying he's using Miyazaki's inspiration to make this, and also the writer of Jurassic World trilogy is pinned this. What's your thoughts on this? Same thing I said about the um, whole like Groundhog Day concept. Like you either nail it and it's amazing, or you fail. Even more so. You know why? the whole mythos of legend of zelda is like a lot of uh rpgs in general the movies don't translate well for the simple fact that those characters your main characters do not have a personality outside of how you as the viewer play the second you choose a personality which you have to do almost unless they somehow manage not to for these characters like then you essentially like create new dynamics and everyone else who had their own imaginary dynamic like that's why people who read the books or stuff never like the movie yeah 
because again like so much of the enjoyment of it was up to you it was designed for you like again adapting tv shows or comics into movies is different from adapting games into movies and it will always be the case and it's always going to be harder to adapt a game into a movie because games are designed to put autonomy in the hands of the players outside the gameplay. of the that's the focus right you know what i mean right and so mm -hmm. i don't know how you're going to do that with a movie of this scale i think if nintendo has their hands on it and they know how to take care of their own characters then it's likely that they're gonna do well but otherwise i think this is gonna I'm not betting on this. I feel like Zelda deserves a more uh, animated feature. I, I feel like we're, we're, I think we're, it we're close. Could be left alone. You're right. You're right. I feel like we're on the cusp of almost Hollywood realizing, hey, you can like animation is not just for kids and it doesn't need to be solely for like other reasons. Like if you feel like this actually elevates the style of the product, go animation instead of live action because i'm not gonna lie to you when you're watching the gameplay like this it's gonna be a lot of either heavy cgi it's probably gonna feel a little weird and plus the biggest thing that people want to talk about is that the um the protagonist link i believe doesn't talk so they have two routes and go with how this. are you gonna write that he's mute he's mute so either either you stay loyal you keep him as a new character, but then you have to write. You have to have a very good actor that is good with facial expressions, who can convey their emotions through their eyes and their body language, or you make them talk, and you're going to piss off so many people who love Zelda. So they're going to have to make them mute. They're going to have to. This and already we'll sounds like a bad idea. I'm not even playing exactly. Games, sounds like a bad idea. You need to stop putting everything. How many billion dollars are we going to drop into, like? this bucket this bucket with holes in it that we call live action adaptations for everything we think nerds like i know i know we don't it was like oh snap the nerds all went to school for stem so they got money yes let's keep making movies for them stop they sure did they we sure need did. to stop this needs to end the, immediately they're not gonna stop you know why they're not gonna stop jason because they're gonna stop once they Netflix. stop making money because guess what they're losing money on they're these not. dumb movies if Mario already made him a billion dollars this year, they're already doing Legend of Zelda. I, I, I'm telling you, as long as Zelda has a solid story and you have some grass, billion. But Easily Mario is more cross-generational than Zelda is. That is true. So I wonder this. I wonder who this will target though. To be because you're right, because Mario is like transgenerational. Like it, it affects everyone from like the '80s onwards. So who would be the target audience for Zelda? Because you want to make sure you're not too niche with your marketing, but it has to be interesting. So, Zelda hasn't been picked up as well by these um, gen alphas and stuff. And again, yeah. they're the target audience. Because people my age probably, yeah. I mean, we grew up playing Zelda games and then people like millennials really grew up playing these games. But again, these really games did. are designed in a way that isn't even congruent with the way that people enjoy video games anymore to begin with i'm not going to get into like game design or anything but the reality is zelda is a puzzle adventure dungeon crawler yeah. style game practically again those games are not flying off the shelves these days right and they are flying off the shelves people are age and older so i just don't know who's the audience for this practically and can they pull it off they can i think it can be done i mean that's the, that's the whole magic behind art and writing and all that with, with enough creativity like 
you master your limits and then like you know your rules and then you break your rules and then you make a masterpiece like that's fine that's cool i just think that it's uh, my i'm not holding my breath i mean they're probably going to cast Zendaya as zelda and tom Zendaya holland would be as a great protagonist. yes I'll, I'll admit to that i think Zendaya would be i think Zendaya it would be a good would link be good. though it would be i think we'll we'll have to see how that goes but hey look we'll the see dude from Doom. because oh gosh Oh, Timothy Chalamet. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Anyways. I think we're to see. But anyway, um, moving on to the next topic. Uh, we're not done with the whole idea of live action adaptations because apparently Netflix, they released One Piece live action. A lot of people thought it was good. They thought it was really good, a really great adaptation. I'm watching Yu Yu Hakusho right now, the live action one. I just finished episode one, actually, of it. I don't know how it's going to pan out for the rest of the season because only five episodes in total. But I will say this. It's a banger. They did really good with the first episode. So I'm like, hey, let's see what happens. So Netflix feels like they're in their bag. They feel a little cocky. They're like, yo, Amazon got the boys. DC got their Justice League. Marvel got their Avengers and Fantastic Four and X-Men and everything like that. You know what we need? We need our own superheroes. So they went and got Deku. They went and got All Might, who's going to be played by The Rock, most likely. So Netflix has announced, uh, or at least provided an update, that they're doing a My Hero uh, live action show uh, or movie. They don't know yet. We just know it's a live action adaptation. And it's still in development. And what they said was, uh, like I mentioned, they don't know whether it's going to be a movie or TV series. But what I found very interesting about this is the team behind writing this and directing it. So they said they have let me read it right here it's being worked on by producer joby harold um i forgot his name i meant to write it down write down his credits but i know he did something important that i wanted to write down i might have to google it but they did say horikoshi the writer of my hero academia will be either assisting with the story of the live action adaptation to make sure it's structurally well done and We'll see. It's all they all they said is that it's in the works still. We're still working on the script, still making store making sure the story is right. Me personally. Uh, by the way, if you guys did not watch My Hero Academia anytime recently, this is the newest trailer for the upcoming season that's coming out next year, next spring. Yeah. So um I felt conflicted with this because there's some animes like Yu Haka Show and One Piece where I'm like, okay. I can understand how you want to make this a TV series. It could definitely work as that. And because One Piece and Yu Yu Hakusho, it sounds like they go based on sagas instead of just like arc, like one arc. So My Academia, the problem why I, I feel like it should be more so of a movie because I, I know, I know, I know. I just don't know how they're going to do it because if you do it as a TV series, there's there's a lot of special effects in this. Like a lot their, their powers are so different and vibrant and colorful and it requires a lot of special effects i feel like that's going to amp the budget a lot so i would hate for them to do a tv series where it's just hand-to-hand -hand combat and you're not seeing deku and them pull out their special powers so i don't know but jason and malcolm what's your thoughts on the idea of a live action my academia because i'm telling you right now they did go with one piece and yu haka show they nailed out my academia naruto's next they're coming for y'all ninjas i don't care coming at all they are. You I don't care for that. it? I... Hi, <laughs> Malcolm. I'm not excited for it. I think that they 
had a flash in the pan moment with One Piece live action. I think that was pretty good, but again, I'm still not a fan of anime or animation turning into live action and I'm not a I'm not a fan of the idea because I just have a high like expectation and I know it's not gonna be it's not gonna be it. Um I will say that I'm glad it's not Naruto. Not yet. I just know it's coming. I hate it. James, you're right. It's coming, but it, no one needs this, but Netflix is like, let's try to make as much money as possible. And I see what they're going for. I'm, I will not be here. I'll say that. I will not be here for that. <laughs> Netflix is trying that. to get a franchise going. They're trying to get a, they're trying to strike over with another franchise because Stranger Things is about to end. They don't really have another well-known or like, and they're trying to do Zack Snyder's Rebel, Rebel Moon. They're trying to find their next money bag they can do multiple seasons with. So Just that's why I'm trying to do start coming around. up with original ideas. Like, not everything needs a live action and then like a sequel yeah. and then a prequel and facts. Uh, Let's get away from franchise. Oh, but you also, but I'll, I'll counter that, Malcolm. Young artists, there's no shortage of good writers, and there's no shortage of good new ideas. Nobody wants to invest in anything that's not sure. Yeah. And franchises are sure. I get Reboots why they do are it. sure. But again, like, I... Someone made the point, like, they're trying to self-sabotage franchises so that people, audience-wise, can actually start giving independent movies a chance again. Oh, wow. Interesting theory. Interesting theory. But, it's, I mean, again, like, all these superhero movies, like, watching, like, one after the next after the next after the next i'm at the point where i'm cool with it i like superhero movies i like superhero content but the reality is we do need new fresh ideas and everyone says they want new and fresh but no the same way everyone always wants to like oh man i want to like try new things but then no one wants to like attach to try the risk of trying a new thing yeah, nobody wants yeah. to spend money on a meal they might not like so you go into the yeah. restaurant eating chicken fingers and fries yet again hmm. mm-hmm. you played yourself literally but we'll see how that goes man i think uh i think if they if they knock this i I feel like they're not gonna stop until people stop watching it which means people like me um and that's not gonna happen until they really go into dumpster fire i mean Um, it's getting there bro the dumpster's hot and steamy i'm telling you right now i'm waiting for them to do do another attempt of dragon ball live action i'm just gonna rewatch a movie and we need to redo that episode about the Dragon Ball live action because that I would see. You know why? Because Dragon Ball is a martial arts show, and guess what? Real life. Well, guess it exists in real life. Martial arts. Martial arts. Damn and ninjas. Up. That's why Naruto's up next. You know. That's why. Bro, they jumping through trees and trees in the first arc. They're never gonna get past hey, the cheating hey, exams, bro. You can do that too. You can do. That. Yo, that, that'll be that'll bro, be crazy. The CGI with Gara is never gonna look right. <laughs> it won't look good. It won't. But. We'll see how all that goes, and hopefully it all works out well. Now, the last thing we have to say uh, before we wrap up this episode is one thing that me and Malcolm, we talked about a lot when the news first broke. So apparently Scream 7 is going to face a full creative reboot after losing uh, Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera. If you don't know, Melissa Barrera was the sister of Jenna Ortega in the sh- in the movies. So she was apparently fired. From the, uh, the film's producer came out. So in recent, so yeah, no, be quiet, Malcolm. Uh, the film's producer uh, in recent days over social media says that it was because she posted uh, anti-Semitic posts, specifically regarding Israel-Hamas war, 
Now, a lot of people will debate on whether her posts were bad or not. I'm, I won't give my opinion. I will say some people say that her post was not about condoning anti-Semitism. It was more so talking about why war is bad and just want to ceasefire. Some people want to say that, well, either way, Israel should, you know, it's still like Israel's still in the right. Like it's, it's just a, it's just a conflict of interest between uh, Hollywood and some actors who just have different opinions. And a lot of actors who might be in support of Palestine don't feel comfortable speaking out because this stuff will happen to you. So with that all being said, because Scream producers decided to fire Jenna or, uh, or let go, I'm sorry, let me finish the rest of the article actually. It actually said that um, the decision to fire Melissa Barrera was made after the company was notified that Jenna Ortega, whose star has risen considerably since she joined you know, the horror series, Jenna Ortega said that she would not return due to a scheduling conflict with the second season of Wednesday coming up on Netflix. I think that's a load of BS but because there was a lot of reports coming out recently that was not recently, but during that time period that Scream was not willing to wait for Jenna Ortega's schedule to be free because she was doing Beetlejuice 2 with Tim Burton. She was doing Wednesday and everything like that. And apparently the Scream producers were like, we don't need you. We're just going to recast you. I don't think that was true. There's no way you're going to take, you can have your main lead and be like, we don't need our main lead in this franchise anymore. We're just going to change things up. And I they, think that was got rid of uh, Sydney. Both. Yeah. So, they got, mean, and they got rid of Sydney. Yeah. So that's like why they're talking about trying to bring it back. I think so too. I don't like some people want to say she was probably in support of Melissa Barrera's stance of supporting Palestine. So people say, hey, look, she probably just was who knows, man. Too, too filled up. Who knows? But Malcolm, I know you have some thoughts on this, maybe. What do you yes, want to say? Finally, my time to shine. Um, one of my favorite movie franchises of all time. Um, again, I will not be there. They, I think they pissed off a lot of their fan base and like these fans are diehard including me and i was skeptical of scream 5 i was like i don't know but i'm like open-minded like maybe they can they have a chance to like reboot the franchise in a way that i'm gonna still enjoy it and i did went to the theaters saw it i enjoyed it i'm like that was a lot better than i expected wasn't a 10 out of 10 movie but i'm like they did what they were supposed to do reboot the franchise and then scream six came out and i was like i'm in love i went to the theaters i had a grin on my face like the entire time like they did it they hit it out of the park back to back reboot sequels and i was just like i can't believe they found a way to reboot a 20 year old franchise and they found a way to have new young actors come in seamlessly and make it all work and exciting and fresh and fun and like i was like i can't wait to see how they do scream seven because like they have to do it and now they're like trying to they the studios are getting so cocky that they can just reboot it again and like it's not gonna work and i know me and a lot of the other fan diehard fans will not show up to this we like i've seen so many posts online saying like they're just straight up not even gonna watch it they're not gonna care like i'm not gonna watch it there's there's probably nothing that they can do to like bring me to theaters to watch this because they're getting rid of again their main characters because they feel like they can get rid of them um i will not speak up for what happened free palestine um, but I will say that I think they have a, they've made a huge mistake underestimating their fans. They, they, as in the producers, the, whoever is made this decision is going to regret this. I'm so upset. I, 
Man, what are they doing I to think, my, um, my movies, my franchise? My movies. I, I feel like this is one of those rare franchises where, well, first they struck gold with getting Jenna Ortega into it. And yes, so it's one did. of those franchises but Before now she even was like, like, hit it off. Before she even popped. Yeah, exactly. So it feels like this is now a situation where, because Hollywood industry is now known for like focusing more so on people prefer the IP over the actors. Like some people are going to see the movies because of the IP mm-hmm. itself. But I think it's now a situation where for Scream and this reboot, essentially, a lot of people are seeing it because of not yet because the screen reboot, but also Jenna Ortega was into it, and plus mm-hmm. she was actually actually good. In yeah, this, the and they too. and they were good. It wasn't just that like yeah, she, they got her into the movie and like oh she's the same like she was good. Her sister were good. They were a really? great duo pair. Like and I really enjoyed story their storyline coming with that. I I yeah. really enjoyed it. We were coming up with theories like they're the side mm-hmm. characters, their friends. I was like man, I'm, I can't believe I'm enjoying all these characters. Like they're they've yeah. actually found a way to do this, make it work, and make all of us invested. And mm-hmm. they they could have like had a hit trilogy, like five, six, and seven, if they just found a way to stick the landing. And they they're, they're gonna ruin it. They could have because Scream Scream Seven really was about to be like they you saw the storyline coming. You saw where mm-hmm. it was gonna lead to, and it was gonna be this nice reveal about Sam Carpenter's character and her relation with her father, and what does that mean with her. In her uh, psych- psychology, her mindset. So it was, it was all there, but because of this, they let it go. And it's so unfortunate because it feels like they're putting, they're, they're not thinking. Like, it's, it's so sad that someone can have an opinion on something such as something like this, where it seems like for a lot of people, the actress was just calling for a ceasefire, really, and that was seen in Hollywood as like a no-go because that's in a way against. Um, Israel and the whole war situation. So, hey, look, I'm not going to have a stake in this, but I will say that I hope that Melissa Barrera, she gets, she hopefully she doesn't get blacklisted mm-hmm. or anything like that. Hopefully she can stay working in Hollywood and continue because a lot of stuff like this can really hurt someone's career. Hope Jenna Ortega is also good too because there's a lot of rumors going on about how does she feel about the whole Palestine-Israel conflict and all other stuff. So, overall, I just want to say the Scream 7 reboot it just is a shame, man. Because because now they were gonna supposed to start shooting, I think, like next month. Like usually, like they usually yeah. release Scream like every other year. But now they have to start from ground zero and write a whole new story. It casts a whole bunch of cast characters. Because you're not gonna bring the other supporting characters over. You can't. Like, you? How are you gonna make you the can't. excuse why the two main characters aren't there now? And it's, are not there. It's not it's exactly it's gonna be a lame excuse. They're gonna try to like yeah. throw all the money at uh Nev Campbell back just to get her just to like maybe make an appearance and put her in a trailer, uh, or like any other legacy character just to like try or... to appease some fans. Or they just wash it all together and just don't do a Scream Seven. Uh, I was gonna say like just that's probably just, a better idea. Just wait, wait like a couple of years, like five, ten years, let it die down, and then come back with a new story and just go from there. The only way they part. can save this is apologize and say we were wrong. <laughs> we're gonna bring our main characters back, and then everyone will forgive them, and then I'll be right that's there true. opening night. But they're not gonna do because they have this. They have the script. They have the story. All they gotta do is say, "Hey, we apologize." We'll see how it goes, but yeah. So that's the uh, that's the podcast, y'all. Uh, hopefully, everything turns out well for the Scream Seven. Uh, I don't know. If Malcolm says he's not gonna go watch it. I probably won't watch it either because just in solidarity. Um, but yeah. Back. So let me know y'all. Let me know y'all thoughts down in the comment section. If you're watching YouTube, if you're on the audio version like Spotify, Apple, or Amazon, leave us five stars. Again, I'll put the time st- timestamps down in the video below. 
Anyway, disrespectfully speaking, I'm James, there's Jason and Malcolm, and we'll see you guys later. Peace.